Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. It's time for this week's matchups episode with co-host Frazier Tafar. Frazier, how you doing? Doing good, Ken. Glad to be here for a crucial game going against Miami with a chance to become the number one seed in the AFC. It's all in the line with the Browns keeping the pressure on the Ravens to even win the division. If they lose this game, they're going to have to go into week 18. Uh, they, they will have to beat Pittsburgh in all likelihood to win the division. So the Browns are definitely not out of it. Um, and this game becomes incredibly important in terms of playing for multiple weeks off. It's a week off next week for a lot of players who need rest. It's a week off the following week. In a in a um, you know a, a scenario where they can avoid a wild card game, which is only if they get the one seed, and then they would uh, you know potentially play their next meaningful game three weeks from Sunday uh, or Saturday if they uh, are able to beat Miami. Yep, Joe Cool is not making it easy for us. He had a great performance last week, um, even though it is against the depleted Jets team. But mm-hmm. I think um, the stakes of this game have got, gotten higher since last night. I think it obviously the Browns are not letting up. They have shown that they're a team that you not, do not want to mess with in January. They have the QB to do it. They have the defense to do it. I think um, making sure that we can get extra rest for the veterans, such as Ronnie, Morgan, um, you can name down the list. I think this game right here is they've been focused all year, but this is this is the game of the year for this team. Yeah, I mean, in some ways it was last week, but but you're right. I mean, this is another game of the year, which is kind of nice that the game of the year is the game of the week and whatever. I don't think this team will be letting up at all, but I do think they're they're tired, you know, coming mm-hmm. from back from the long flight, and and it has been a short week for them. They had that Wednesday practice that was just a walkthrough, which is less than Miami got, no doubt. Um, but both teams incredibly banged up at this point in the league. That Miami offensive line. Uh, held together by bubblegum and duct tape at this point. <laughs> More like it is bubblegum and duct tape is, is what it is, but uh, uh, very weak offensive line at this point in the season. With that, why don't we just jump in and go through the defensive part of the show. Um, I think our key matchup this week is going to be our offensive line, our Miami's offensive line against our defensive front four. I think we will bring blitzes and sim pressure, but if we can go home with four, like I say every week, but last week it showed against the 49ers, we were able to get consistent pressure on Purdy, and he coughed up the ball all week, I mean all day. So I think if we can continue to get that success up front against the makeshift offense with a replacement-level center, Armstead might not be playing this week, so you don't have all-pro left tackle. I think it's going to be issue for Miami to do what they want to do with getting Tyreek Hill downfield and start getting them activated if Waddle's in the game. But if you can keep Tua contained in the pocket and keep him rattled, he's just like any other quarterback. I um, I want to draw back on last week's game to respond to that a little bit. The, the very unusual game 
for the 49ers, throwing the ball for the Ravens rushing. They had their highest ever pressure rate, the highest this season, sorry, at 66%. I'm not aware of a higher pressure rate they've ever had, by the way. 33 out of 50 is absurd. Wow. And normally, offenses respond to what happens by by throwing more ball out quick balls. They, they scheme mm-hmm. the ball out of the quarterback's hands very quickly. It seemed like the 49ers were well-suited to take advantage of that with all the after-the-catch weapons they have. It also is something the Ravens look to contain opposing offenses on, is trying to, to keep them playing small ball, and they've done that very effectively against Burrow, against several other quarterbacks this year who are, who are pretty good at making them not throw the ball down the field. Well, in, in the case of Miami, Miami probably is the only team in the league that has even better weapons to play small ball than San Francisco does. They, you know, they have HN is a tremendous screen risk. Mostert, same thing. Um, and Tyree Kill and Waddle, if he plays, uh, are both uh, outstanding um, targets where Tua could presumably get the ball out of his hand quickly. Miami's going to be hypersensitive to that after watching that Monday night film. They have to be. Um, I think what that means is the Ravens, the thing they need to accomplish in this game is that the back end really must contain, maintain their effective um, zone. And I'm talking about run and pass zones mm-hmm. in, in, in this case. But they also need to maintain their gap defenses. And and yep. means that versus the run, they need to they need to have the gaps monitored. They need to they need to basically make the tackle on the first opportunity versus the speed. Um, I'm not normally a um, I think some systems overweight the cost of a missed tackle, um, particularly ones that spin a back in the backfield or spin the quarterback and it ends up being a missed sack. Um, I'm not saying those don't, you know, aren't significant plays, but they, but they're maybe not as significant as some other people weight them because you usually are are, are creating a very bad situation for the offense whenever you retrack a, a ball carrier. But in this case, Miami, particularly the, the tackles that are that are approached in level two can make a defense pay like no other team can with their team mm-hmm. speed if you miss tackles against them. So they need to avoid that. And and uh, I'm with you exactly that they need to out-physical this patchwork offensive line. The bull rush we saw against San Francisco was absolutely fantastic across the board. Mm-hmm. They did it, you know, it didn't matter who it was. I think the you hit the nail on the head exactly with the gap of discipline. I think um, it makes sense that with the offensive line that Miami has, their running backs with the speed can get to the outside and make their own holes. And that's where our cornerbacks have to be physical, which they've been all year and our outside edges need to make sure they maintain. I think we're going to continue to see Harrison on the early downs, the rundowns, make he's going to be our force up front. Clowney's obviously great run defender. I think uh, Odafe had has his moments where he's kind of, He's firing upfield, trying to get to the quarterback. I understand they put him in a situation where he's been that specialist, but I think being that we're not expecting another four or five pick performance where it's not uneven on the possession side, I think it might be closer this game to the point where the run game is going to be a factor late in the game and we have to continue to be disciplined. Yeah, I I, I would agree. I, I, I mean, I think the – I hope the Ravens are able to make the passing game what Miami has to go to as the game progresses, because I think then you really have Miami where you want them. If they can no longer run the football and they can't, um, you know, provide you with two threats to cover, then I think you've really got them as as effective as you can. They're still a powerful offense. You know, two can still lead them on drives to to try and bring them back in a game, and certainly we saw that in Miami or against Miami in week yeah. two last year at home. But uh, this is a game where I think that the, the front seven is particularly well suited to to go against this uh, uh, this group. 
Um, the other thing I'd say is, in addition to, to getting the bull rush working and winning with four, and against San Francisco, just looking at that game, any one-on-one matchup was a disadvantage for yep. for uh, for San Francisco, as it turned out. I mean, what the Ravens will have to do against Tua may be different than that. Um, they may need some faster pressures, which means they may need to show him some blitz looks to get pressure in his face quicker by unblocked rusher as opposed to strictly by blocked rushers winning their matchups so it's a it's a it's a different kind of game it's one mcdonald doesn't always play with bringing an extra rusher but he can overload and still bring four in some cases um and hopefully uh be in a position where two is first read is not there based on some of the rotation they do in that secondary to uh make it very difficult for him to deal with pressure that would normally arrive after he has to go to that second read and also an underrated factor for the defense is uh, Miami has a lot of those motions that they run with Tyreek for where he's in the tight end spot, and then he motions out to the wide receiver, and they snap mm-hmm. the ball while he's in motion. And usually when he runs those motions, it's an in cut. And teams aren't able to pick up on that, and it's kind of frustrating seeing that from the outside looking in. And I can think this defense is built to stop those kind of motions because we don't really – jump at the eye candy and last week against i mean uh, yeah last week against my uh the 49ers was an example of that they run a lot of motions they flag mccaffrey out on the big kittle run and that was obviously not a good play but they continued to show that they can handle those motions and i think this team is very sound defensively and those gimmicks won't work Kyle Hamilton be a huge part of what you're just mentioning right now, because yep. if you have him on the slot on the side with Hill and what exactly. you're really talking about is Hill being the slot receiver and moving out, Hamilton will almost always be there. And that gives them the ability to deal with blocks on that side of the field and probably deal in a very disciplined manner with playing zone between the, um, the third and fourth defender along that in the, the, the lower line of four, Mm-hmm. zone defenders and uh that is certainly a uh advantage of, of having kyle on the field he has you know, proven himself i i've been talking about this since he got drafted but you know the guy's a ball magnet in terms of it and we we really have just started to see it it's just yep. this last game honestly and you know what he did against pittsburgh i sorry cleveland earlier this year with that nice tip play inter- interception but uh this is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer he hears things differently To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Uh, Yeah, I I, I think. You know, I am concerned about this game. I'm concerned about Miami jumping out to a lead and and the Ravens having real trouble keeping pace with a Miami offense that can that can run on all cylinders in this game. But this is a really important game to get out to a lead early, and and that's going to mean you know being in position to deal with Miami scripted plays early and being in position to to kind of know what to expect as the as the game rolls on. And I think with that being said, offensively we need to focus on making sure we have ball control offense. I think last week uh, during the matchup show, I predicted the the passing game would carry the team, and it kind of did. Lamar was mainly the running threat. The running game was kind of non-existent until later in the game when it's pretty much over. But this game, I think keeping Miami's speed off the field 
and making our offense keep the game in our hands. I think that's where we need to flourish in our game plan this week. I think um, they have Jalen Ramsey in a overall good secondary. Um, I wouldn't really want to try them and have the opportunity of giving Miami an extra possession. We did a great job of not turning the ball over last week, and it paid dividends in a really big matchup. So continuing that theme is definitely going to be the vocal point this week. Yeah, obviously, anytime you avoid turnovers, it's a good thing, and and the Ravens uh, need to basically do that again. This is not a game where turnovers are one of the ways that the Ravens, you know, drastically improve their likelihood of losing this game. But I would say there's a couple things they need to try and do. They need to they need to find a place for the tight ends in this um, uh, game. Now, it, it, both. Like we've seen just a little bit of life from Kolar these last couple of weeks. He really needs to get involved in the offense again. It's primarily likely I'm talking about. So I'm not sure what that is. Likely had a great game as a behind the line of scrimmage receiver mm-hmm. in the first of these four, I believe, where he had 44 yak and 40 yards in the game. Mostly so on screens, yeah. Yeah, so it's mostly on screens. So they could do that. You know, it, it could be that that's the safe way to get to likely. Um, you know, Vic Fangio runs a lot of these rotational uh, coverages from a too high shell. So uh, it may be a little bit more difficult to read um, than normal. What breaks that down um, is when you have extended plays. So you should be in a position where your extended plays allow Lamar to get a very good read on the field, even though um, uh, you know they, they had some rotational trickery going on early on. And they don't really have good defense for that. Xavier Howard is a little older now, not nearly as fast as he was, and not nearly as good as he was. And I think going after him will be one of the keys for the Ravens in this game. Yep, and I think uh, Kohler did have a really good catch over the middle. I mean, yeah. it was I was shocked that was him when he caught the ball. Um, I think Rashad Bateman has been coming on strong lately. I think he had a very acceptable route, uh, exceptional route um, that got called back, I think, because it was a uh, – Yes, face mask. illegal hands on um, on um, Simpson. Simpson. Yeah. yeah, it was a great route. I mean, he turned his defender all the way over on the comeback. I think we're continuing to see that. Uh, Zay did the same thing on the other side earlier in the game. That kind of growth from our receivers, that's advanced route running. I think mm-hmm. continuing to see that and attacking that with Howard. And the production meeting, I know I said I don't want the Ravens to go all out on their scheme. I think I do want them to reserve, especially in the passing game, something that they would want to show Miami later. I think we're going to kind of lull them to sleep in a sense with this game. If indeed we'd have to face them down the road. Well, you know what game script will do that. If they get in there and they out physical Miami in every way, they can pretty much run whatever offense they want in the second half. It may be successful because of where, but the defense will probably be successful if they have good game script against Tua. If you if you have the lead against Tua, you got them exactly where you want them. That's why you know they basically haven't had any real success against good teams. So they've they've uh, run into games where they got behind. It's just very difficult for them to to make progress and and catch up. So I think that you know we'll hopefully we'll we'll see that. And it's the it's the biggest thing. We we were. Everybody was shocked at what happened against the Lions, at even what happened to the Seahawks, who everybody thought was a little better than they, they actually turned out to be, you know, early in the year when they played them in Baltimore. Uh, and what happened against the 49ers, for that matter. But game script dictated a lot of these outcomes. By being ahead, you you forced the, def- the offense to do things they don't even really want to do. 
and uh, and take away weapons that they would otherwise like to have. So uh, well, I think a lot of that hopefully will will come into play in this game as well. I did want to say one other thing about the offense. I think that that the Ravens, while I've been a proponent of basically keeping Lamar as bubble wrapped as possible in terms of designed runs to this point, I think it's important that the Ravens use Lamar on a design basis as needed to manipulate coverages um, to the degree they can. So the degree they can identify coverage early, or you can identify what Fangio is doing early in terms of coverage scheme, um, the better chance you have to exploit that, to exploit the individual players within it. So the key is going to be that that um, if you want to fall, force the Dolphins into zone coverage, that's one possibility. You want to for, force them into specific other coverages that seem to be working that's possible, but Lamar running the football generally will force the other team to, to play zone coverage uh, or use a spy is the other thing. Um, you know, so they'll, they'll have to figure out exactly how to contain Lamar. And then you work off that to exploit, take what the defense gives you, you know, use a tight end, use your other you know, weapons that you have to, to make plays uh, uh, to, to parts of the field that you're otherwise uh, not being able to get to. Yep. I definitely agree with that. Um, you want to know something funny this week? Go ahead. No offensive line talk. Seems to be that last week kind of shut us up a little bit. I think uh, they had a really good performance. They shut down two great pass rushers. I think uh, was it Armstead that didn't play? That was out. That the Niners were hoping that they had. Uh, uh, Eric Armstead. Yeah, I think that's yeah. right. So without him, I mean, we still fared well. I think uh, I was very, very pleased with what we did last week, especially Ronnie Stanley. By the way, my offensive line grading is out today. I, I'm not as sanguine about uh, Stanley's game. I thought PFF has him way overgraded, in in my opinion. But part of that is the nine-point penalty that he had. He had a face mask in the game. Right. So that's going to drastically change the score. But even if you took that penalty out, he'd have moved from an F to a high D in my system. He was also party to five pressure events. PFF has him for zero. Here's the funny thing, though. Look at PFF's grading. They only grade him with a 71, despite no a, a clean sheet of pressure events, a 71 pass blocking grade. So what that tells me is that they had significant downgrades for him in ter- as a pass blocker. They just didn't want to put a put a one in any one of those columns. And that's the way I kind of saw it too: is that he had a lot of fractional shares of events um, th- that were that were not good. But I, I honestly, I, I'm. It, with each passing week, it, it becomes more clear to me that that they're probably going to have to move on from Ronnie next year. Um, and it's it's sad as hell, and they have a million other things that that are on their plate in terms of of ways they need to spend money. But mm-hmm. uh, but unfortunately, you know, I, I think the draft capital really needs to be um, immediately uh, allocated for that left tackle role, and they're probably going to need to replace both tackles over a two year period here. So I'd, I'd say Moses after 24 and Stanley yeah. probably after 23. And even if they, by the way, Stanley may not be gone in 24, maybe a guy that stays on the roster, but you still got to have a two-year plan at left tackle. So you got to have maybe a second round draft pick that you think is ready to go a year from now at the very least in terms of what you have um, uh, for that position. But anyway, I know I know that Stanley was higher thought, highly thought of by other services than he was by me. Uh, what would Do you think there would be any trade compensation available for Stanley? Not for him, no. Yeah. yeah, The guy the guy who they could get something for in a trade and who might figure into the left, t- left tackle situation is Matabike. So they probably do not have the money to sign Matabike based on new NLTBE estimates and the reduced cap. 
So even uh, even the the franchise tag may be out of the question. They might still be able possibly to sign him to a contract before the league year starts. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Matabiki is going to be incented to do that. I think he's going to want to test the market and say, okay, look, I'll, I'll be out there, Ravens. If you want to sign me then, that's fine. But we couldn't come to an agreement on salary. So, you know, I, I've got to test the market at the very least. I think that's possible. And, and you know, maybe maybe he, he comes back under those terms. But the big opportunity the Ravens have is to tag him and then trade him because I think his value based on what he's done this year is probably significantly higher than the third round compensation pick the Ravens would get, even with the new salary, even with the new contract, somebody has to pay him. So normally I'm like, I'm, I'm not paying and giving up a draft pick in order to get a player. I'll, right. I'll, I'll pay for a player. I'll use the draft, you know, capital to go out and get my player in the draft, but I'm not giving up both to get a player. That's, you know, just you'd shoot yourself in the foot as an organization to do that. But Matabike is that great a player. I think that another team will see the value in that sort of a move. And he might really be the guy that that is some other team's huge free agent move this year. And I think it's possible the Ravens could get a one for him, even with a with a tag on him. Interesting. Yeah, I know. I, 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 everybody hates me already for this thing. They want to keep Matt Abike, but uh, but I think it's the only way you get the left tackle um, uh, draft capital you need would be if you if you're willing to do something like that. I wonder if Eric got calls at a trade deadline about Matt Abike. You know, I, I don't know why the Ravens would consider it this year, given what they look like in 24. Mm-hmm. So I think they it makes it kind of makes sense from my perspective that they'd be, uh, um, you know, they'd be waiting on that moment to to trade Matt BK. But uh, but anyway, appreciate you bringing up the the comment about Stanley and offensive line scoring is is out there now on the website. Um, I think I actually forgot to promo it on on uh, X, but I'll do that uh, before the show comes out. Perfect. All right, my friend. Anything else on this game you want to talk about? Nope. I think we have it all covered. Just uh, looking for game-winning, game-clinching, division-clinching, number C, 1-1 seed clinching, and a happy new year for the Ravens. Uh, let's do that. And, and I, I'll, I look forward to meeting you this Sunday, right? You're, you're going to be at the game? Yep, we'll be at the game with my brother. Looking forward to all the festivities and a really loud crowd this week. Yeah. Well, let's have that. That's uh, that's something that that Miami has not played well on the road. That may have something to do it <laughs> do with it. And uh, <laughs> let's make sure it's loud. Good. Right. For Fraser Tapar, this is Ken McCusick saying goodbye, and we'll talk to you next week on Matchups. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.